majority of the time with my uncle and my uh, my cousins. My uncle's a pastor there of a Baptist church, and just to see what God's doing there. We were in the kitchen, and we were talking, and him and my Aunt Kathy were the first ones to get saved in our family. And I was telling him, and he's been a pastor for 30 years maybe now, and I was telling him, I said, I said look at the effect that your relationship with God and you choosing to preach the gospel, I said, look at the faithfulness of God. I am a preacher of the gospel now. His son, Bobby, my cousin, graduated with honors from Lee University, got his master's degree. Uh, he's also a preacher of the gospel. Uh, my cousin Jesse came to the Lord about a year ago, and I was privileged. I was telling Mark, one of the highlights of my whole weekend was actually sitting there during Sunday school and listening to Jesse preach the gospel. Just to see the work that God is doing, just transforming that community right there. But it all started through my Uncle Ephraim. He was the first fruits of our family. But God took that and he multiplied it in such a way that it's changed the spiritual DNA, the fabric of who we are as a family. Almost our whole family has accepted the Lord Jesus. I mean, and that's, that's the work of the Holy Spirit through the obedience of one man. But he also had a heart to receive. And that's what I'm going to be preaching on this morning. I'm going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 13. Even before I go there, do you guys know how many people were on the face of the earth when Abraham, when God chose Abraham? I don't either, but I imagine there was a lot. <laughs> I imagine there was a lot of people, but there was, no, there was no Israel before Abraham. Israel started with one man, which was Abraham. And God said that he chose him because he was a man that would teach his family after himself. And God told him that he would bless him and make his seed numerous as the stars and even the sand that's on the seashore that you can't count it neither would they be able to count his seed and he said this to a man that didn't have no children he was childless his wife was actually barren she couldn't bear children but you know what the the Bible says that Abraham believed God we're talking about a heart to receive Abraham believed God, and the Bible says that it was credited to him as righteousness. See, he had the promise, even though he didn't see the way that God was going to do it, he still held on to the promise. And then you look in the New Testament, and when he's about to offer up Isaac, and it says that he counted God faithful, that he would even raise up Isaac from the dead if he needed to. But he had a heart to receive. And then you see this picture of Abraham, and he's standing there. He's about to sacrifice Isaac on the altar. And Isaac asked him earlier, Father, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham's response to Isaac is, God will provide himself the lamb. 
And you see Abraham lift up the knife to kill his own son, which is actually a, a, a picture of what God was going to do for us because he was going to send Jesus into the world. Abraham didn't know what God was doing, but he still counted God faithful to provide the offering. He did. He had a heart to receive. And an angel called out from heaven to Abraham and he said, stop. He said, look behind you. There's a ram caught in the thickets. God planned on putting that ram there since the foundations of the world. He already knew what Abraham was going to do. You want to know why that was written? It was written for us. So that we can look back on that story and we can see Jesus in it and say God will provide himself the lamb. Amen. We're talking about a heart to receive everything that God wants to, to do for us in our lives. And I'm reminded of the, the story where God says, how long will you, he's talking to Samuel, and he says, how long will you mourn for Saul? See, and I reject him. And he told him to go to Bethlehem, to Jesse's house, and there he would show him who he should anoint as king. Do you know that Samuel didn't even want to go? He said, well, if Saul hears of it, he'll put me to death. <laughs> you know that? And God told him, take with you a heifer and tell him you're going to sacrifice and bid Jesse and them to come. So he goes into Jesse's house and he's getting ready to anoint the next king because God's told him to do so. And Eliab stands before him, the eldest son, and Samuel says in his own heart, surely this is God's anointed. And, and God spoke to Samuel and said, do not look upon his countenance, for I perceive his heart. And he says he has rejected him. See, Eliab didn't have a heart to receive. They went through all seven of the sons. None of them had a heart to receive what God was going to do for them. And then Samuel asked him, is there any more? And Jesse says, see, these, these are the sons that Jesse would have picked. These are the sons that Samuel would have picked. But there's a little shepherd boy that nobody looked at, and that's the one that God picked. Amen. And Samuel says to Jesse, we're not going to sit down till he comes here. And when David comes in, he sees him, and God says, this is the one, and Jesse just dumps the oil on him. Not Jesse. <laughs> Samuel dumps the oil on him. <laughs> Amen. And the Bible says that the anointing came upon David from that time on. But do you know that David had a promise for 15 years that he was going to be king over Israel? 15 years. That's a long time. You know that? 15 years he had that promise. So 15 years that promise was cultivating in his heart despite all the opposition that came his way. Because when God told David he was going to be king through Samuel, David received it because he had a heart to receive. He didn't reject the message. He believed that God could take something so, something so minute in the eyes of man and make it so great in the eyes of God. When God told David that he was going to be a king, at that moment, he was already a king in God's eyes. When God told Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations, 
At that moment, Abraham was the father of many nations in God's eyes. But they had a heart to receive. They believed God. And even in the face of adversity, when David had the chance literally to take Saul out, he said, I will not raise my hand against the Lord's anointed. So what happened? David didn't raise his hand against the Lord's anointed because he feared God, because he reverenced the anointing that was on Saul's life, because he recognized that he was put there by God. He wouldn't even lift his hand against him in battle. In any way, he could have killed him twice. Neither time did he. Because he was so submitted to God that even when this man David sinned, a great sin, and slept with another man's wife and had her husband killed, that God said, I've already pardoned you. Does sin have consequences? Yes, it does. But does the anointing that God put on your life, can it break that anointing? No, it can't. <laughs> Not when you have a heart to receive. Because when you have a heart to receive, it's not going to push you into more sin. It's going to push you out of it. And it's going to push you back into place of sonship where you belong from the start. We're not talking about a heart that can receive foolish things. We're talking about a heart that can receive truth. The word of God, despite opposition that we face in our lives. Because we see the value that God has placed on us as individuals. Such a value. Have you, have you ever heard that God would give his own son? I have three daughters. They're like sons to me. And if God said to me, Steve, one of your kids are going to have to die because I love these people that much. The question that you would, do I love those people that much? And see, it wasn't only God saying my son had to die. He wasn't saying, Jesus, you have to die. Jesus was saying, Father, let me go. Let me go, because if I go, I'm going to come back with a lot more. He didn't lay down his life in vain. He gave us hope that supersedes all the natural. A hope that is in, alive inside of us. A hope that wakes us up in the morning and says, I have good things planned for you today. Wake up. Amen. A hope that when you're going through one of the most difficult times in your life will sustain you and bring you into a place of victory. A hope that looks beyond circumstances, beyond all opposition. Man, God is good. He is good. Amen. But our beliefs determine our direction in life, whether good or bad, right or wrong. Wrong beliefs can give us a false view of who God is and who we are in Him. Right beliefs, on the other hand, they strengthen us, feed us, and give us hope. It, but it all comes from a heart that is willing to receive. Your heart has to be willing to receive what God is saying to you. Now I'm going to read out of, if you guys are still there, Matthew chapter 13. Started in verse 8. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who has ears to hear, 
let him hear. I looked up that who has ears to hear, let him hear. That's found eight different times in the four Gospels. And as I was studying that, it changed when I was reading it because it, be, it goes beyond just ears to hear because we all have natural ears. What I felt the Lord say to me, how, how the message got its name, is a heart to receive. And Jesus is saying, if you have a heart to receive what I'm saying to you, because as I read this, and it says, but others fell into good ground and brought forth some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. I read that and I said, God, how is it that some can only bring thirtyfold and some sixtyfold and some a hundredfold and some don't bring any at all? I said, how is that? Because I was talking to God, my own personal beliefs are that we all can bear 100% of, of what was sown. That the ground's not up to God, we're the ground. He planted the seed, the seed's not limited, and you didn't get 30% of the seed of God, and I got 60%, Heather got 100, you know, Sarah got 125, you know. <laughs> it was the same seed. So if the same seed was sown, that tells me that it's up to the ground because we were the ground that received the seed. So the question is, is what kind of ground do you want to be? I determined in myself that I am going to be a seed that produces a hundred times what was sown. I honestly feel like David because I never called myself into any ministry. I didn't. When I was at Liberty, it seems like I've been trailing these guys my whole life, <laughs> my whole Christian life. When, when I was at Liberty, Sister Val stepped out of youth, the youth ministry, and I came into youth ministry. Then they left, and from the assistant pastor position, I stepped into the assistant pastor position. <laughs> and then they come here, and I step into the assistant pastor position. I tell you, honestly, I, wouldn't, I would rather serve with them than anybody else in the world, and I mean that. Because this is where I'm called, and this is where I'm graced to be. And I believe that us as a ministry, that I believe that the people who are sitting here today, that you all are hungry for the word, and that you all have a heart to receive. Because it's always a condition of the heart. It always is. And if you determine in yourself, I am going to be that ground that produced a hundred times what was sown. God will honor that. And then the people that are around you, they become very fertile ground. Because when you're speaking into their lives, you're breaking it the whole time. You're breaking that ground up. You're breaking it up. And then that allows God to plant that seed in their heart. And then you continue to water it by the Word, the Bible says. And God makes it grow. We're actually working with God here. <laughs> Amen. We've been commissioned. We've been given a mandate. And Jesus said, I won't come back till this gospel is preached throughout the entire earth as a witness against it. And then he turns around to a man and tells him to go preach the gospel in the whole world, into the whole earth. That he would give charge of the gospel that's going to lead people to salvation that he would commit that to the hands of men. It shows you how important you are in the body of Christ and in the kingdom of God. Amen. And as I was going through here, I was, uh, I was thinking, Lord, I said, 
30%. I said, it, it doesn't even matter what we start with in life. Because 30% or 100%, if, if I had $30 and I produced $60 from that 30, that means I reaped 100%. But if a man had $30 million and he reaped $60 million, that means that man reaped 100%. So it's not what you start with or what you have. It's what are you willing... I don't want to put the emphasis back on you guys because it's, it's not always on us. <laughs> but we are the ground. <laughs> and what we produce is up to us because it's our condition of our heart that God is speaking to us today. Because in Psalms 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And David says, All that is within me, bless his holy name. And then he goes on to say, Forget not all his benefits. And then in verse 3, he starts listing off what the benefits of the Lord are. Verse 3, Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. These are all benefits from God. And this is what God is speaking over us. He's speaking over us, you're my beloved. That I gave, I gave the very most precious thing that heaven had to offer just to gain you. You were the treasure that was hidden in a field that a man, when, when he seen it, that he went and took everything he had to buy that field. You were that treasure that God seen you underneath all that dirt and underneath all that filth and underneath all that garbage that covered you. He said, there is value in that field, son. Go and buy it. And Jesus left his place in heaven to come and humble himself as a man. <laughs> I tell you what, Jesus is in the business of making disciples. He's in the business of changing the world and the earth and its culture. Look at our lives. You take our lives. And what are we? We're, we're made of dust and dirt. But God, when he made Adam, he breathed the breath of life into Adam. And Adam became a living, speaking spirit just like God. That Adam can speak things into existence. I believe that. But I don't believe that Adam just speaks it and it appears. Your words give you power. Because your ears hear them. It goes into your heart. And then your actions are motivated by what you just heard. It's hard to receive. It is. I have more, but I believe that that's what God has for us this morning. That God is telling us that we can be 100%. We can produce 100% of what is sown into our lives. Just like my Uncle Ephraim. My Uncle Ephraim, he didn't start by jumping down our throats when we were in sin. You know that? I can't remember one time my Uncle Ephraim ever jumping down my throat because I, I came over and I was drunk or anything like that. 
But the compassion and the love that he had for us and the love that he had for God and other people, we noticed that there was a difference, that he had something that we needed. His life has been a testimony unto me for 31 years. And even when he's gone, his life will speak past that because the seed that he's sown into our lives is uncorruptible. When we get to heaven and he stands before God or any of us stand before God and we wonder what great thing did we do for God, we're going to see a sea of people. And he'll say, they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you <laughs> because you had a heart to receive. And he says, therefore, I could use you. I could use somebody like you. I cherish somebody like you. I rejoice over somebody like you. Amen? I'm going to close if we just bow our heads. And, Lord Jesus, I thank you, Father, that we are that good ground, Lord God. I give you praise, honor, and glory. I thank you for the opportunity to bring forth your word. I thank you for the ability and the unction to speak it, which is your anointing, Lord God. And I just bless this ministry and I bless the people that are here. We thank you for our new building, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen.